What number is this, Chip? Episode 85, Interview with Rose Marie, Cool Cover Songs, Why I Thank God for Pull It, and Monkey's News. Right, Jeff? You're right. I also thank God for Pull It. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't, mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short. I know. You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. Pool it apologist. Everybody on the on the Facebook group knows me for that. Famous for that. Well, we'll get into that later in the show. Okay. Welcome to Zilch, your podcast full of monkeys. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today, and I'm joined by Jeff Hewlett. How's it going, Ken? Doing very good. There's so much going on in the world of the monkeys, and who would have thunk it, right? Who would have thunk it? They're still going, even after the year of the monkeys. We're right. still getting all kinds of new stuff. This is going to be a very infotainment episode. Very, very heavy on the infotainment. Oh, awesome. Always informative. Right. And let's kick off this episode with a little bit of Monkey's News. Mike's book is coming out. Yeah, I was just reading up on this. It sounds really interesting to me. I was reading about the digital version here. Mm -hmm. They have a a big write-up about it on the the, uh, iBooks Yes. Uh, so there's an iTunes preview page up for it. And it sounds very, very cool. It's, it's, I guess it's his entire life. And I had no idea that he was involved in so much other stuff besides uh, music and his business. He's got uh, comedy in there, the world of virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mike never Who's slows down except when he's eating ice cream and playing World of Warcraft. So. <laughs> well, we all slow down when we play World of Warcraft. Right, we? right. So the book's entitled Infinite Tuesday, an autobiographical riff, and it will come out Tuesday, April 18th. And Rhino's accompanying CD, Infinite Tuesday, Autobiographical Riffs, the music, is available April 14th. So so be looking for that. And along with those coming out, Nez's folks sent out an email asking for people to pre-order their copy of the book Infinite Tuesday, an autobiographical riff, through one of your favorite local retailers or uh, digital retailers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local indie, Apple iBooks, etc., Kindle. This will help the book make a bigger splash on the charts and hopefully get it into the New York Times bestsellers chart. So that strategy makes sense, right? Oh, absolutely does. Sure. And, uh, you know, a lot of it's amazing nowadays when you think about buying books you know, years ago when you just had to go to the brick-and-mortar bookstore. It's amazing. You can just go on Amazon and other online sources, just click the little pre-order button, and it'll show up at your doorstep. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I buy so much stuff through Kindle nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I, my uh, my wife's a big Kindle reader. I'm still a big physical book guy, so you got both mm-hmm. represented in my family here. So I'll be ordering the paper copy myself. Yeah, but I can carry every issue of The Avengers 1 through 120 kind of in my little satchel 
You know what I mean? True, but then when people come over to your house, how do you show off how many books you have? You just throw your Kindle on the table and say, look at it, or you show them this beautiful bookshelf? Yeah, but here's the thing. I've found that if you have a beautiful display of DVDs, Blu-rays, and books, people mm-hmm. want to borrow them. Yeah, well, that's where I draw the line. Yeah. I don't, I don't, neither a borrower nor a lender be. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Also, in Monkey's News, Mickey and Coco Dolans just finished a run of shows in New York at 54 and below, and a lot of people really had a great time. I know that Christine, Sarah, and Melanie will be doing a special episode about it, and it's going to be fantastic. Uh, did you hear anything about the 54 below shows? Uh, just that they, people really enjoyed them. Um, nothing other specific other than that. Uh-huh. Well, Mickey's got a huge year coming up. He's going to be doing some solo shows, and, and these are the dates for April. Mickey's kicking off April right at the very beginning here. On April 1st, he'll be at the Kent Stage in Kent, Ohio. Uh, April 2nd, following that, he'll be in City Winery in Atlanta, Georgia, for a 6 p.m. show, and then also a 9 p.m. show. So I know you true Monkeys fans are going to want to sit there for both shows, right? You're not going to just want to go for one or the other. You're going to want to go for the doubleheader. So after that, he's got a little bit of a break until April 15th when he's hitting the Rice Auditorium in Monmouth, Oregon. Funny, I grew up in Monmouth County, New Jersey. Pretty cool. Uh, April 20th, he's at the Avalon Theater in Easton, Maryland. April 21st, the Strand Capital Performing Arts Center in York, Pennsylvania, which is not too far from me. I may have to hit that show up. Uh, April 23rd, you get another doubleheader at the Sellersville Theater in Sellersville, Pennsylvania. There's a 3 p.m. and an 8 p.m. show. Looking forward to hearing people about people going to these doubleheaders, Ken. So you might be at the 21st show, huh? It's entirely possible, uh, depending on um, you know the timing and... and uh, ticket availability but uh york pennsylvania is not all that far from me have to be on the lookout for a rare live sighting of jeff ah, jeff hewlett in the wild they're not quite that rare i was at the <laughs> peter tork show yeah man yeah. multiple peter tork shows many people now i've had a wonderful time meeting everyone yes it's fantastic mickey also has something really cool coming up later midsummer something called 50 summers of love huh and that's a tour that you're going to have the Fab Four opening, mm. and they're they're awesome. They're fantastic. Yes, they are. They are awesome. And I like the fact that you got a, a you know Beatles cover band and some monkey stuff going on, on the same show. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but Mark Lindsay of Paul Revere and the Raiders will be doing oh, a set, man. and great Mickey stuff. will be closing out the show. So that's going to be a great thing. The Fifty Summers of Love coming midsummer. So be on the lookout for that. Absolutely. Now, you never know where the monkeys are going to be found, right? No, sir. (laughs) Absolutely not. And I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it turns out that they're going to be together. Peter and Mickey are doing some things at the Wizard World conventions. Ah, very cool. And there's a few more left that you can see Peter at. Peter Tork and Mickey Dolans will be at the Wizard World Comic Con April 7th through 9th in St. Louis, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And also Mickey and Peter will be at the Wizard World Comic Con May 5th through the 7th in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Very cool. Then after that, Mickey will do two dates by himself. Uh, Mickey will be at the Wizard World Comic Con May 19th through the 21st in Des Moines, Iowa. And Mickey Dolans will be at the Northeast Comic Con and Collectibles Extravaganza July 22nd through the 23rd in Hanover, Massachusetts. So Mickey's just going everywhere. 
Yeah, you've got plenty of opportunities now to meet Mickey, so I don't want to hear anybody complaining that they never get a chance to see him because he's all over the place. Right, and something that he's doing this year, they've been they've been doing these like meet and greet kind of uh, parties after the show. Now oh. they started that with these fifty four and below things, and and did that, you know, on the cruise he was very accessible to people as well. So cool. this is very neat. Now I mentioned the Comic Con things, not just to let people know where they're at, but it kind of talks about the next thing that that we've got coming up. Have you ever heard of Flat Stanley, Jeff? No, sir, I have not. Well, here's a story of Flat Stanley and Christine Vitaliano as they meet the monkeys. And joining me on the Zilch Hotline today is Christine Vitaliano and her friend Flat Stanley. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you very much. So glad to have you here today. Now, I understand that you ran into two guys recently who were coming to your town and uh, they were too busy singing to put anybody down. You recently <laughs> ran into two guys. You want to tell us who those two, two people were? Sure, sure. We were at uh, Wizard World in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, we were working along with Gene Simmons, and right across from us were um, two very cool monkeys. It was Peter Talk and Mickey Dolans, and we uh, we got to spend the weekend pretty much right across from, from them. And uh, Flat Stanley, who I've been working with uh, since early February, was very excited, and uh, by the end of the weekend, everybody was very friendly. And very <laughs> we had cool. a good time. And as Gene Simmons may say, that Mickey Dolans and Peter Tork were two very powerful and attractive men, <laughs> so... Uh, that's kind of one of his big lines. Uh, <laughs> so let's let's tell everybody who you are first. You you are helping Gene run his shows and his current tour. You're you're helping him out all along the way in his uh, axe baseline, but you also run Monster Mini Golf in Las Vegas. I do. Um, a quick background: I, I founded a company and created a company called Monster Mini Golf about 12 years ago. And that's based out of Providence, Rhode Island, although now we live in Las Vegas because in 2012, um, I had the bright idea to co-brand it and build a big location in Las Vegas. And uh, my first choice was to co-brand with the rock group KISS. Mm -hmm. So that's how the first KISS by Monster Mini Golf was opened here in 2012. And that's how we met Paul and Gene. And it's a fantastic facility. And if you're going to play... Monster mini golf. You want to make sure you do it with balls, right? Absolutely. So there you, that's the only way you can do it with kiss is with balls. So there you go. Absolutely. So, but who is Flat Stanley? Well, you know this and this. I le- I've learned so much about Flat Stanley. I don't. My husband and I. We don't have children. We work a lot, and we call our franchisees that we have um, our children. So it's it's like having perpetual teenagers. Mm-hmm. But about early in early January, I got a, a message from somebody on Facebook who I've met probably along uh, the last KISS tour. It's a little boy named Caleb Mace from Lone Star, Missouri, and he's a first grader. And his mom reached out to me and said, Caleb met you last year on tour, and you were very nice to him, and he'd like to know if you could help him on a school project. And I went, uh, okay. <laughs> and he said, what am I going to do? And she said, uh, we have Flat Stanley, and Flat Stanley would like to come visit you. And I went, what is Flat Stanley? Again, I don't have any children. I was like, I don't even know what Flat Stanley is. So I quickly Googled Flat Stanley and learned that he is a very popular little dude. So I thought it was a great idea and said, sure, 
Sure, be happy to take on Flat Stanley for a bit. Uh, just know that my life is not normal, so he's in for an interesting ride. And that's how it started. And since uh, probably early February, he's been with me, and uh, he's been part of our lives. And he leaves uh, early April and goes back to Caleb with a very long story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and other Flat Stanleys have met presidents and all sorts of people from around the world in various walks of life. This particular Flat Stanley has met Chip from Enough's Enough, Ace Fraley, (laughs) formerly of KISS, Gene Simmons of KISS, and so many, so many people. And now, Flat Stanley has met Mickey Dolenz and Peter Tork of the Monkees. Yes. Yeah. You know, along the way, once I realized what Flat Stanley was, um, and I'm just a, I love to read. I think education in our school system is is needs a lot of work and I want to support our teachers as much as possible but I think creative education is really important and music history if you can mix it with education is always fun mm-hmm. and a lot of the little kids don't know where rock and roll came from and and how much of rock and roll is actually in our day-to-day history and it, it probably what makes a lot of us who we are Absolutely. and it's fun so Absolutely. we kind of mixed it with Flat Stanley's life and what we do <laughs> Well, it was it was really cool of Peter Tork and Mickey Dolenz take some time out and hang out with Flat Stanley, even though this one has something on his shirt. What's it say? Oh, uh, <laughs> his his shirt says, "Who died and made Eugene Simmons." <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so cool that uh, the guys took the last train to Clarksville and, and got to meet Flat Stanley, <laughs> and now kids. Uh, in that classroom, we'll get pictures of Mickey Dolenz and Peter Tork, and someone will have to play Last Train to Clarksville for them so that they can understand who and what those guys are all about. Uh, the monkeys, I, I think about when I was a child and um, just sitting in front of the TV, and when you're our age, I mean, I'm in my early 50s now, but gosh, the monkeys were just, that was it. That, mm-hmm. And when you think about bands like that, or TV shows and or bands, anything, pop culture, it makes you smile, and it's the music back then it was happy, and it, mm-hmm. it became part of who we are. Absolutely. And I think it's important for little kids to know that too. Yep, share our story with them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know, hopefully, I mean, I'm not like the biggest celebrity or anything. I'm, I'm just a big guy, but uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, hopefully, I'll get my picture taken with uh, Flat Stanley in St. Louis. Well, we'll be back um, this weekend. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Next weekend on April 7th and 8th, we're back. Um, I'm working with Gene again. We handle all of Gene's uh, base meet and greets backstage. So if you want to meet Gene Simmons, that's what I do for him. I handle all the coordination of his backstage base meet and greets. And when we're at actually at Wizard World, we bring all of his bases with us. And you actually can touch and feel and hold those bases and take photos with them for free. We call it the Gene Simmons Axe Base Petting Zoo. Mm-hmm. So uh, not only is Gene Gene, but he actually has a traveling petting zoo. Um, so we bring that along with us. And that's how we actually met Peter Talk. He came over and was like, what are you guys doing? What is, where, why can we touch all these bases? So Peter was very intrigued by that. Well, Peter knows his way around a base, too. Now, if he just had a Gene Simmons axe banjo, that's right. <laughs> he'd be all over We have over some that. fun pictures with Peter playing with Gene's bases. It was great. Well, can, can we get some of them? Uh, absolutely, yeah. I can send them over to you. And yeah. I think I think I posted some, and Peter actually took them and shared them on his Facebook page as well. Mm. He's been having some fun. Yes, we love the folks over at the official Peter Torque Facebook page. They're, they're yeah. great friends of the show. Well, Christine, where can people find out more about the Gene Simmons Axe bases? Our website is... GeneSimmonsAxe.com, and all the information that you need is there. 
And uh, if you have any more questions from there, you can email or call us uh, very easily. Excellent. So, folks, if you want to pick up the bass that, that Peter Tork picked up, you just might be able to do that. Yes. Actually, yeah, all the photos of all of Gene's basses are on the website, and he has a lot of custom basses. He's always making something new. And even if you have an idea of your own, you could email us, and we can pretty much almost come up with any idea that you have. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. Now, Christine, you were you were directly across from the monkey's booth there at Wizard World. What kind of a response were they getting? You know, Wizard World was so crazy and so busy. I think we were probably like maybe 25 or 30 feet across from each other, and most of the time we couldn't even see each other. There were so many people there. <laughs> well, um, it, it was nuts. I called it sensory overload for 72 hours. <laughs> Well, the, the Monkees fans love the Monkees, and uh, KISS fans love KISS. So It was it was awesome. I just thought it was fantastic. It, I love it when our worlds collide and come together, because that's what it's all about. I, I agree. I think that there's a lot of history that um, a lot of folks don't know about and how much of it kind of intertwines. And one type of music, sometimes as different as it is from another type, uh, at the base of it really isn't different at all. So mm-hmm. The people are all the same. That's true. So whether you're rocking and rolling all night and partying every day or <laughs> taking the last train to Clarksville, it's, it's, all, it's all good. That's good. Well, thank you for coming on the show today, and we'll wave to Flat Stanley there. And it's going to be amazing how many people you get to say hi to, Flat Stanley. So Excellent. we love you, buddy. Keep on rocking on, and we will see you. Excellent. We'll see you at Wizard World. Take oh. care. All right. <laughs> So that was a pretty cool story. Uh, it's, you never know where they'll be found, and it's it's neat to see <laughs> two of my favorite things come together, the world of Kiss and Gene Simmons and the monkeys, Peter Tork and Mickey Dolans. That's pretty cool. Always, always cool to have those crossovers of your, your multiple fandoms. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 7A Records is going to be doing this new thing called Listen to the Band's 25 Monkey Cover Versions. Sweet. And it's 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 just fantastic we heard some of it today and uh, we hope to have both glenn gretland and ian lee on the show to talk about the complete thing and it's got a cover of for pete's sake by mr wayne avers himself the wayne avers band of the monkeys touring band so that's that's very cool very cool now there's no release date set as of yet but it's it's coming any day now but here's one of the tracks that actually didn't make it another cover of For Pete's Sake. And this one is by a band called Surprise Stag Party, featuring David Gutierrez on spoken word, Tom Kudel on bass and vocals, and the ultra-talented Nick Jones on guitar, drums, and vocals. So let's check that out. Well, I can see now you can't send a boy to do a man's bodge. Uh, job.
nice guitar licks in the background there. Like yeah, that, that, yeah, that that guitar is pretty funky. A little yeah. wah wah pedal on there. Wah like chicka yeah. wah wah. Very good, very good, guys. Great, great job. And Excellent. Nick Jones, uh, you know, we, we were talking about the Kiss world and the Monkeys world coming together. Nick Jones is part of Pod of Thunder. Nice. A Kiss podcast where they break down one song at a time and discuss it thoroughly. Wow. And he's a powerful and attractive man, and uh, we want to thank him for sending that over to us and letting us play it on the show. Thank you, guys. You did a great job. You passed the audition. He must be a powerful man. He's got, he's got a lot like a lot of stamina to go one song at a time, man. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, they really get down to the minutia. It's, it's is so it one, one song per episode? Yep, one song. Good God. And, and, and each episode lasts about an hour and 15 so holy wow well yeah. good on you guys man that's that's an impressive undertaking i say you guys must be some serious fans good for you well that and they also have a sense of humor about things so we'll just well you have to, to be in this business can yeah to, to be in the podcast and business you gotta have a sense of humor <laughs> so check out pod of thunder it's lots of fun even though I host the podcast, they say on their show that they're the recognized symbol of excellence in KISS podcasting. And I, I kind of agree because I listen to it every Monday morning. So hey, That's quite go. meaningful as the, uh, as the podfather. Yes, there you go. You, you get no higher uh, recommendation. An interview that we thought we'd never, ever get here on Zilch. We, we've, <laughs> we've tried. We, we have tried to get an interview with this person. Jeff Geringer, our plucky reporter kid, who does uh, some some great stuff with you. He he's doing the roundtables with you, and he he's one of our special team members. Yep, and absolutely uh, a great guy. A lot yeah. of a lot of great monkeys knowledge. Always a lot of fun to talk to him. Absolutely. Well, he got a hold of the one and the only Rosemary. Amazing. And, you know, when you think about the history of show business, this woman's been involved in pretty much everything, right? At some point. Yes. From her work on Hollywood Squares that some of us might remember her from, or from Dick Van Dyke, and and Mm -hmm. the two episodes of The Monkees that she did. I mean, it, it it goes way back to vaudeville. I mean, she's lived through American entertainment, so. So let's check out this interview from Jeff Geringer with the one, the only, Rose Marie. This is Rosemary, and you are listening to Zilch. That's me. Rosemary. The Monkees, with the tune written by Mickey Dolan's Rosemary. Well, for over eight decades, Rosemarie has been entertaining audiences around the world. She was a child phenomenon as baby Rosemarie. She was a little girl with a big voice. And before Cher and Liza, Rosemarie was the very first celebrity to be known by just her first name. She was a popular attraction in vaudeville and nightclubs. She was the first performer to open the Flamingo Hotel in Las Vegas in 1961. Rosemarie was cast as television writer Sally Rogers on the legendary television comedy, The Dick Van Dyke Show. The award-winning show ran for five years. Once the series ended, Rosemary was a guest star in many popular series, including The Virginian, Gunsmoke, Murphy Brown, and many others. 
She was also a regular on the popular Doris Day situation comedy. She was a regular panelist on the popular game show, The Hollywood Squares. She toured the United States in a very popular nightclub act entitled Four Girls Four, featuring Rosie, plus Rosemary Clooney, Helen O'Connell, and Margaret Whiting. And currently, they are filming a documentary on her life, featuring Tim Conway, Peter Marshall, and Dick Van Dyke. Rosemary is known to Monkeys fans for her two popular guest appearances in the episodes Monkeys in a Ghost Town and Monkey Mother. In fact, Monkey Mother arguably is the most sentimental of all the Monkey episodes. So after years of trying, I am so glad to welcome Rosemary to Zilch, a Monkeys podcast. Now, what do you want to know? Well, I wanted to start back on uh, in 1965. Well, um, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> the Van Dyke Show had ended after five years. Yeah. And I wanted to know what was your career goal? What were your plans to do after the Van Dyke Show ended? Well, what I was always doing during the Van Dyke Show, I was doing nightclubs, doing my concerts all over the country. I was working for the Flamingo in Vegas. I worked Vegas four or five times a year. And uh, I, I just kept on working. I, I didn't even think about it. I hoped that Maury and I could do a series, but uh, nothing didn't happen. So, And we could have stayed, I guess, another two years on the Van Dyke show because we weren't in color. We, we could have had two more years in color. Would have been great. But Dick wanted to leave, and Sheldon wanted to leave, and Carl thought that he was dried out, which he wasn't. <laughs> but that was that was it, and we quit. And Sheldon Leonard even told me, he said they would back up the Brinks truck if Dick wanted to do the show. Wow. So that was it. We could have gone another two years in color. Now, back in 1966, you were hired by the producers of The Monkees. I know, James Frawley. Right. I knew him, yeah. Um... What were your memories of the monkeys on that very oh, first episode? Nothing, nothing but wonderful. When I met the boys, it was like the beginning of their career, and they were anxious and excited and thrilled about everything, and it was wonderful to see this in young kids like that, you know? Sure. And uh, they looked at me like an old bag and, <laughs> you know, would come to me with questions, and, and I'd say, well, no, it's okay, this is it. This is that, this is that. And they said, oh, God, that's wonderful. And they were so anxious to learn. They were adorable. I, I loved each and every one of them. All right, punks, where's the loot? Come on, lady, the PTA meeting's down a block. You gotta be George. You got a big mouth. That's right, who are you? Well, I ain't the welcome wagon. You ain't the, ain't the big man. Nah, I'm the big woman. The big man's wife. <laughs> and then where's your husband? He got too big. Now I'm the big man. I don't believe her, Lenny, any more than these kids. I think you gotta be the mother. Hey. You never call me that. Oh, you. Hey, Is this a Boy Scout camp? Never mind. Get rid of them. You hired the big man. Go ahead, knock them off. Quick, before they start saying again. Yeah, they were saying before. Oh, yeah? He 
Any of you boys singers? You ever work professionally? Uh, yes, ma'am. We're a group. Uh, we're the Monkees. Ah, oh, chimp act, huh? James Frawley and the Monkees were known for ad-libbing a lot when they used to perform. Did, did you have a, a reference point of watching them ad-lib? I really don't remember, but I'm sure we did because I could keep up with that. In the episode... Which Mon one? There were two. It was called Monkeys in a Ghost Town. Yeah. You played the role of the the big man, yeah. although you were the big woman. Yeah. You, you also performed two songs. One was Fats Waller's Everybody Wants My Baby. Yeah. And the second was a hit for band leader Orrin Tucker called High Neighbor. Thirty years ago, the name Bessie Kowalski brought a throb to millions of hearts. <laughs> I'll bet you had a lot of heart, Bessie. Thank you, Sonny. You're a nice, sensitive boy. Lenny? Yeah? Take him out and shoot him. Hey, wait a minute. There's one singing act to another. Maybe you'll give us one last request. I don't do requests. <laughs> Lenny, in just a little while, we'll be far away in the palladium up in the sky. But before we go, we'd like to do just one more encore. Sure, Sonny, I know how it is. Once a trooper, always a trooper. Lenny, let him do the number. Then shoot him. Bessie, we'd be honored if you'd do the, the number with us. Everybody loves my baby, but my baby don't love nobody but me. Nobody but me. Well, that's okay, Bessie. Uh, we'll uh, try something a little more up. Oh, good idea. <laughs> What do you say? Hi, neighbor, hi, neighbor, throw all your troubles away. Now, did you have any say over what songs you sang? Well, it, it, I think if I remember, I sang very badly, uh, but I, I sang very good. But the idea was to sing badly, right. to sing off key. And uh, then the monkeys showed me their songs, and I think we decided to do an act. <laughs> Something like that. It was. Well, the song High Neighbor that you did just seemed to almost fit you perfectly. Two songs. I was Everybody Wants My Baby, yeah. And the second was uh, a hit for band leader or in... Or in Tucker. Or in Tucker. Called High Neighbor. Yeah. High Neighbor. High Neighbor. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Perfect. Um, you were such a popular guest star. They had you back later in the season on an episode called Monkey's Mother. Yeah, and everybody talks about that. Well, because every... I'm very proud of that, by the way, because the fans never stop liking me. I still get fan mail today, and I'm amazed, you know. They love it, and I, I'm thrilled about it, because it was, well, it was kind of nice working with them. Well, sure. It was wonderful to see them change from the first show to the second show, because in the first show, they were anxious and excited, and didn't know what was coming. And in the second show, they had a few shows under their belt, so they were a little stronger, and it was adorable to see. Oh, such a good boy, my Mickey. Mike. Mike, Mickey, what's the difference? You're all good boys. Oh, look how this one cleans. A regular Picasso of grit. No, please not do that. I just cleaned that. Oh, and so conscientious. This isn't the first time you've helped around the house. No, it isn't the first time. You know what it means, responsibility, huh? Well, we, we had kind of a large family, you know. And little money. That's not a happy combination, Mike. 
Well, we, we made that all right. Sure. With a little help from Mr. Nesmith. Right. For you, I've got to make something special. Something. What can Millie do for you? Make me a success. <laughs> How do you do that? Well, I don't, I don't know. You get a couple of hit records or, or a shot on a television show. Tell me, Mike, what good is success if you catch a cold? <laughs> I'll make you sweat it. What? Now, let me measure you. Come on. Let me see. That doesn't interest you? There's a leaky faucet? Don't rush. We'll drink seawater till you're ready. <laughs> oh, look at you. Look at you. What if somebody should come over for a visit? They'll think it's a zoo. Okay, Millie. I'll fix it now. Mickey. Yeah? You don't mind, do you? No, I don't mind, Millie. Well, I'm sure why Monkeys fans love you so much in this is that you were just the perfect ideal mother. Well, that's nice. That's very nice. As, as I say, I'm thrilled that the, the fans remember that because I still get fan mail like crazy. Oh, that's sweet. Now, even though it was 50 years ago and you had great fondness... You didn't have to bring that up. Well, <laughs> we lived through it too, my dear. You don't <laughs> so. have to bring that up. <laughs> Every uh, time I go for a checkup, they say, your name and age, and I give you my name, but the hell with the age. <laughs> Atta girl. <laughs> Davey, you're an English boy? That's right, Millie. You know Rex Harrison? No, I haven't had the pleasure yet. How come? He's an English boy, too. <laughs> Maybe he's avoiding me. <laughs> That's all right. Don't apologize. Some people don't make friends so easily. Now, me? I knew everybody in the neighborhood. Hello, Linda. Hi, hello. I'd call up from the window when I came home from shopping. Uh, that was the neighborhood. You'd call up from the street. So why'd you move? Nobody called back. I would have called back, Millie. You're a good boy, Davy. Did you have any relationships or any special discussions that you can remember with the boys? Well, it was... How can I explain this? I, I was older, and they were looking to me for, what about this, and what about that, and how do we do this? And they, in the beginning, they were very green and looked to me for help in every way, which I gladly did. But the second time, they were a little more sure of themselves. And it was very wonderful to see them grow with the show. You know what I mean? Certainly. You know what I'm trying to say? Yes. And it was wonderful because now we were kind of easygoing and back and forth. In the beginning... They were looking to me for help, like, what do we do here? <laughs> they didn't say it, but they would act it, you know? Looking they didn't say, can you help me with this or help me with that? They were very nervous and scared, and they, they were they were adorable. They were like little chicks out of an egg, you know? They were trying so hard for everything, and all of them were so damn clever, everybody in their own right, that you had to look up to them. I did, anyway. You mentioned James Frawley. Did he have a large effect on your episodes? Oh, he was the director, yes. He was wonderful. I did two of them with him. I knew James 
I had done a couple of other shows with him, so he knew me, and that was that was fine. You and the Monkees also crossed paths a few years later when they were a guest on Hollywood Squares. Yeah. One of these stars is sitting in the secret square, and the contestant who picks it first could win a fisherman's holiday on the Baja in Mexico. Which star is it? Rosemary, Fred Willard, or Paul Lynn, all in the Hollywood Squares. And here's the master of the Hollywood Squares, Peter Marshall. Thank you, Kenny Williams, and a good, good evening. Welcome once again to the Hollywood Squares. Hello, stars. Uh, Rosemary, please. Ro. Why do they always go, uh, Rosemary? Why don't they, why don't they say, uh, the lovely Rosemary? Why don't Try it again, Ken, who are you going to Rosemary. <laughs> okay. The lovely Rosemary. <laughs> yeah. uh, Can't get me back. No, 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 that's lovely. No, Ken. Listen, Ro, All right, Ro, Ro All please, right. we must move along here. Yes, These people have to win cash and prizes. According to Dear Abby, uh. is there a law that can force a man to marry a woman? Yes, and I think it's called a mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> the mother-in-law. That's cute, yeah. But is there a law that can force a man to marry a woman? Is there a law that can force a man? You mean legitimately law? That kind of law? Hmm? Gee, I don't know. That takes in a lot of territory. Um... I would say somewhere there's got to be a law that would force a man to marry. She said a woman. yes. I'll agree. No. Nowhere at all. I'm no. dead. No. With a circle. Um, you were regular from day one. Well, you mean about Hollywood Squares? Right. How did you How did you get the? Well, the, I had just lost my husband, and I was in deep pain and very, very bad, because I was married 20 years before he passed away, and uh, it was very hard for me. I didn't want to sing. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to do anything. Just leave me alone. Let me suffer, you know. And I got a call from Mary Markham, who was getting people for the show. She says, I want you to do this pilot. I said, I don't want to do anything. She said, all you have to do is talk. You don't have to sing. You don't have to work. You Just sit and do, do answer questions. What kind of questions? Well, they're going to ask you questions. They want your opinion. I said, well, she said, please do this because it'll help you get started again. And in the interim of all of this, I got a call from Dinah Shaw to do a, a show with her, with my daughter. It was a mother and daughter show. Dinah with her daughter and me with mine. I said, I can't do that. that that's ridiculous. And my daughter said, oh, mother, please, I want to do it. I said, okay. So I'm, I'm deviating, but I'll get back to squares. <laughs> uh, I, I did the show with Dinah, with my daughter. My daughter wanted to do it very badly, so I said, fine. And Donna, Dinah said to me, God love her. She said to me, get off your ass and go to work. <laughs> and I said, I can't. I can't sing. I can't do it. She said, well, you're doing fine with the show. Don't worry about it. Now Mary Markham calls me. And tells me about this new show, and I said, I, I can't do it. I just I just can't work. I can't. You don't have to work. You sit in the chair and answer questions. They're going to ask you questions. They want your opinion. Please, I said, okay. I went down and uh, what's his name from the? There you go, Miss America. What's his name? Bert Parks. He was the MC, or the one that was you know the moderator. Right. 
we made a pilot. And it was fine. I just sat there and, and threw off answers, whatever they asked me, you know. And it was fine. And that's all I heard. Next thing I know, she called me again. She says, we're going to do the show again. We're trying to sell it. Okay. And the second time, it was with Sandy Barron. Jesus, what a name. <laughs> yes. Wow. Wow, I'm really scared of my memory about that. <laughs> and we did another pilot. And that's the last I heard about that. Then she called again and she said, we're doing it. I said, my God, what's going on? And thank God for Peter Marshall. Peter was absolutely excellent and wonderful. He knew just what to do, how to put us on, how to take us off, how to get into the question, how to make the most out of it, how to cut us off. He was absolutely perfect. And the show was sold. And that's how I got Hollywood Square. Outstanding. Do you, I hate to ask you this, but do you have a favorite line or question that you might have answered? Well, I loved Paul Lynn, of course. Of course. And his questions and answers were unbelievable. And uh, one of my favorites was they asked him, uh, if you're going down the freeway, 89 to Malta, and the cops ask you, what do you do? And he says, shout and yell for Jesus, which just <laughs> applauded me. <laughs> and there was a couple of others, but that was my favorite. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. Just a great one. Speaking of Peter Marshall, um, I heard that he is now going to be the narrator of this beautiful documentary they're doing on you. Yeah, he's going to be. He's, he's absolutely. Peter and I have been friends. I don't want to even mention the years. It's ridiculous. We've been friends for over 50, 60 years. Both of us working nightclubs and both of us being on the road half the time. And we were very good friends and we still are. And I love him. And I have such respect for him because he knows just what to do. He's the eternal juvenile. That's what I call him. <laughs> that's what I call him. Tell us about this documentary. It sounds so exciting. Oh, I'm going to see it Thursday. Wow. I haven't seen it. It's all finished. And I, we're showing it here at the house for me and, and a few friends to see. And uh, Jason Wise, the producer, director, he is absolutely a genius. He's going to be very, very big. Remember that name, Jeff? I will. Jason Weiss. He just did a couple of complimentaries on wine. But wherever you go, everybody knows about it. And he's going to win an Academy Award one day. He's going to be the biggest thing in this country. He's so unique, so brilliant. He's 34 or 35 years old. And he's just brilliant. There's never been a documentary like this. This isn't... Rosemary's day, uh, uh, walking around the house, you know, showing what she does. None of that. This, he goes back, he reproduces my life with different people. Wow. And uh, the people that have helped them has been absolutely extraordinary. It's like I tell my daughter, somebody's looking out for us. Something is, somebody is saying this is the way it goes because... He has to, there's no money involved. We had a, a, a thing where they cleaned out my house to sell everything. Right. To get money to put the damn thing on. And every time Jason went to somebody like transferring film or doing something, they say, oh, you don't have to pay. We love her. We don't want to pay. How special. So it was, it was unbelievable, Jeff. I can't tell you how proud I was because the people that involved in this thing were, 
oh, forget it. You know, just do what you have to do. We love her. Do it right, you know. And Jason would come back. He says, I don't understand this. He says, it's unbelievable. Of course, he paid for a lot of other things, you know. Sure. But there was some that were so nice and so wonderful. And I said, well, I said, I know you're going to be great because I, I got a feeling he's brilliant, Jeff. He really is. Oh, I can't wait to see your documentary. How wonderful. Well, as I say, it's not a day in Rosemary, you know. It isn't one of those. Walking around the house showing you everything. He made everything come true. Wonderful. Everybody helped. Nobody got paid. <laughs> I don't think you better say that. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody got paid. He used his daughter to use to, to impersonate me at three years old. Oh, wow. And my son-in-law to play Al Capone. <laughs> <laughs> it was just unbelievable. I said to Newfie, I said, somebody is looking out for us. Dear God, somebody is taking care of all of this. Well, how great to get your story told like that. We can't wait to see it. I can't either. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any part of it or anything. So they're coming over Thursday and setting it up in the house here so I can see it. So um, I have to be seating down. Well, to be comfortable, and, and I, it's how fun for you to see it, finally. I'm very excited. I really am. And I, I hope, well, I, I know it's going to be good, but I just don't know how I'm going to react to it. I really don't know. He said, I will cry a lot. He said, about my husband and things like that. And I said, well, I'll be prepared for it. I'll just wait and see what you do. You wow. Know. Well, Rosemary, you're loved by Monkees fans around the world. and, and thank yeah, I found that out. Isn't that great? Yes. I'm so glad that you were part of their, their magical legacy. You've just been a great part of Monkees history. Well, it's unbelievable because I still get fan mail. And they, they, every place I go or whatever, they say that they watch the monkeys and they love what I do on the monkeys. It became a whole big thing. I think next to uh, Dick Van Dyke and Hollywood Smith, I get the most mail on the monkeys. <laughs> That's great. It's unbelievable. Well, bless your hearts for spending some time with us. That's so kind of you. Oh, it's my pleasure, Jeff. A very special thank you to Rose Marie for joining us today on Zilch, a Monkey's podcast. And keep an eye out for her documentary. Rose Marie was known to bring an 8mm camera on set she worked on, and some rare Monkey's clips might show up in the final cut of the documentary. We'll keep an eye out for you. Thanks again to Rose Marie. I'm Jeff Gerringer. Spectacular interview. You know, it's 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 always really cool to hear stuff like this. This is one of the magical things about this show. I, I love what we're able to accomplish here. This is incredible stuff. And here's her recording of Bumper Force. Check this out. Before you I talk too much. No, no, no. Before you leave, could I get you just to do an ID for us? Can I what? Can you just do a hi? This is Rose Marie, and you're listening to Zilch. Zilch. What is, it, what is it called? It's called Zilch. You know, like Zilch, nada, Zilch. Zilch. Zilch, Z-I-L-C-H. <laughs> There's a monkey song called Zilch. Uh, you want me to say, hello, this is Rosemary, and you're listening to Zilch? Yes, ma'am. You just did. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'll do it again for you. Okay. Bless your heart. Let me do it to, 
to perfection. Okay. Hi, this is Rosemarie, and you are listening to Zilch. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Bless your heart. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jim. Have a wonderful afternoon. Incredible. That's amazing, isn't it? God bless her, man. Unbelievable. And uh, she's she's still sound sound mind and yeah I mean it, it's she's no stranger to the world of entertainment and it's amazing she's thank God for <laughs> Rosemary I know that she uh, kept me smiling through many afternoons I always loved watching her on the Dick Van Dyke show yes thank you very much Rosemary for that bumper too that was fantastic and thank you once again to Jeff Garinger for that excellent interview we will cherish those monkeys episodes even more so now. Absolutely. So on a recent episode of Zilch, Jeff Garinger did a bit of a takeover. And oh, really? In that, he played the monkeys ending a concert Ooh. with the only thing I can call is the monkeys doing rap. Get out. No. I'm going to play this for you. Okay. Okay. This is, this is, this is interesting. feeling that that was from the 80s yes the horns gave it away (laughs) the fact that they had the horns in there gave it away but yeah wow i'm surprised they never commercially released that that could that could have been a bonus track well i'm calling this segment thank god for pull it yes (laughs) yes thank god for pull it and uh you know that that could seriously have been like a b-side of one of the pull it singles or it could have been a bonus track on a reissue you know, maybe down the road, maybe Rhino will do a nice reissue box, like a handmade box of Poolit, and, and we'll get that wrap. That could um, have been the only time they did that. Yeah. They had but, to rehearse it, right? Right. But but here's the thing. At that time in the 80s, everybody mm-hmm. was doing this sort of thing. Sure, yeah, of course. And basically, you had two schools that you could go at that point, right? Mm. You had the Europop thing, which is what Pulit 
basically wound up being, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Or you had this. Hip-hop, right? Yeah, well, I mean, this was still, you know, at that point in the 80s, you were still talking about, you know, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince and Fat Boys. And, I mean, you know, rap was still that kind of fun hip-hop style. You know, I, I can't I can't blame the monkeys for giving that giving a shot at that. I mean, they, you know, they're they're pop icons. You know, mm-hmm. why not uh, do something that was modern at the time? But just imagine an alternate universe where not <laughs> only would Pullet have been them with baseball caps, sunglasses, and Adidas wear. Yeah, Justice would have been gangster rap. Well, maybe. But but just imagine that Pullet would have been this. You know. And we would have had like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air kind of graffiti all over the place. And, of course. Uh, imagine an entire album of this. Imagine Davy Jones pulling an LL Cool J. Uh, like, I think, I think Ken, I think you're putting out a call here because we just got done talking about this album of cover songs that's coming mm. out on 7A. You know, you cover bands out there. This may be an opportunity for you to go back. And get together and record an 80s hip-hop album of Monkees tracks done in 80s hip-hop style. I would buy that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Just imagine Davey re-recording Girl, a la LL Cool J. Uh, that's a brilliant idea. There you go, guys. Oh, girl. We're giving them out for free this this episode as Zilch Look what you've done to me. Oh, uh, girl. That was just an excuse for you to do your Davey impression. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Any port in a storm. <laughs> Before <laughs> in a storm. Oh, but, but just imagine an entire album of yeah. a hip hop flavored pullet. It, it's it. it's starting to make moving in with Rico look a little better. Okay, so now moving in with Rico redone in in eighties hip hop style, that could be really interesting. Boom! 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 boom. Yeah. With Peter on the lead rap vocals. Uh, there, well, there you go. Yeah, so so I thank God for Pull It more and more every day, especially after... I've been an apologist for years, Ken. And I, know, I will, I I will go up against anybody who who challenges my fandom of Pull It, man. But it, it, it does have some great stuff on it. It does. It, it's very clean, very well produced, uh, some fantastic vocals. I'm not going to... Listen... We're going to cover Pool It on the show not long from now. We're going to get there sooner or later. And uh, all this gushing will come out at the time, and I'm sure it will be contentious. And I'm sure there will be some gush from the other side of it. Of course. Of course. That was a very polarizing record. When you think about it, the most two polarizing albums are Pool It and Just Us, right? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I I would definitely agree with that assessment. I kind of wondered if they would have brought I Want to Be Free... And done like I want to be free, 1990 or something, you know, mm. the 1990 version with like an LL Cool J kind of thing, you know, where he like talks through it. I don't know, man. I would I would be more interested in like a 2013 or 2014 version of I Want to Be Free with like 50 Cent or somebody guesting on there. A lot Do of it swearing. more of a hardcore rap style. A lot of swearing. Yeah. Anyway, man, why not? Parental <laughs> advisory. Explicit <laughs> lyrics, people. Yeah, boy. So, wow. yeah. So thank, ah. thank God for pull it. Yes, uh, I will take it just as it is after listening to the monkeys rap. So, and I'll still skip moving in with Rico, but yeah. that's a side point. Yeah. 
Yes, it's Zilch, the only show brave enough to play the monkeys rapping. So there we go. The money's in. We're made of tin. We're here to give you more. And rap more. Now, we mentioned Pull It. One of the stronger songs, or one of the songs I enjoy the most off of it, is Don't Bring Me Down. Great track. Yeah. Mickey's voice is good on it. and I just wouldn't want to be that guitar player, that, that same riff over and over again. Yeah, Get, it's a little bit repetitive, yeah. but... I think uh, I think Mickey's vocal really carries that track. It's wonderful. Yeah, and then there's that blast from the synthesizer. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a little little. They could have turned that down just a tiny bit. You know, just I'm gonna have to put pull it on as soon as we're done recording. This. Oh, absolutely. But first, let's check out Luba Binga and John Gillespie with their version of "Don't Bring Me Down." You ready to hear some of that? Yeah, man. Of course I am. Okay. I never refuse pull it. Never turned down the bullet. Nope. Don't bring me down. It used to be such a good. Don't 
you go. Don't Bring yeah. Me Down by Luba Binga. Saw him in St. Louis this last year, and I plan on seeing him in St. Louis again this, this coming year. Very cool. Uh, so Luba and John Gillespie with their version of Don't Bring Me Down. Kind of like a, a hair metal version. Yeah, we went from uh, early 90s rap, hip-hop, to early 90s hair metal covers of the monkeys. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh. So it just shows you that the, the, the strength of the songs is uh, in there somewhere. This is one of the reasons we're going to be looking forward to 7A's new release, Listen to the Band's 25 Monkeys cover versions. So, absolutely. Um, I'm telling you, 7A's been knocking it out of the park, man. They absolutely have. Great Fantastic stuff. stuff. For us, by us, they, they know what Monkeys fans want because they are Monkeys fans. Exactly. And as we said at the beginning of the show, don't forget to pick up Mike Nesmith's book, Infinite Tuesday an autobiographical riff and the accompanying cd version of it infinite tuesday autobiographical riffs the music so uh, who would have thought we'd be getting something from mike like this in 2017 so it's amazing exciting it's you know the year of the monkeys just continues you know just because we we're in 2017 doesn't mean that the gifts are going to stop coming that's right 2017 the year of the monkeys two Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, you know what? Electric Boogaloo it? works for any part two. I, That's I, right. Any Anyone. Well, we want to thank everybody for letting us play their music. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of Zilch. We've got the Monkey's Color Cast commentary coming up for... The Prince and the Pauper. So we'll be doing that very soon. And we also have a round table for which album? Yeah, we did The Birds, the Bees, and the Monkeys. It's a two-parter, parts one and two. Side A is the first part. Side B is the second part. Excellent, excellent. So more monkey coolness coming up. And it, it, this this year's going to get crazier, folks. I'm telling you. Get ready for more fun. We want to thank you for listening to Zilch Day, and we'll see you on the next episode of Zilch a podcast full of monkeys. See ya. Here we come. Oh, we don't do that anymore? Walking down the street. We, we podcast all sound like... about the monkeys. Okay. Oh. Don't step good. on my feet. See ya. And that's our show. Zilch is an online non-profit monkeys audio fancy made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the Monkees or any of their members past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Burke. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around.